Hey, my name is Lexi. I'm a music artist and producer based in Atlanta, Georgia. To book studio time or get help with production and development, follow me on social media at LexiATL. Email me at LexiSolo at gmail.com. Text at 404-692-1299 or go to my website at LexiATL.com. Right now, you are tuned into my podcast, which is called Lex Chat. It's a show dedicated to music and entertainment where we talk about the industry and the business, and we help each other to become better artists. You can catch these chats live on Instagram at LexiATL on Instagram to be part of the conversation or catch the replays at 8 a.m. Or just catch the replays on Spotify. It doesn't matter when you, they're always going to be there. Catch the replays on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening. Please like, subscribe, follow, and engage with the content by leaving comments and reviews. If you'd like to go the extra mile in supporting me, then please consider becoming a patron of mine at patreon.com slash LexiATL, where you can make a monthly pledge. Every bit of support really does help me to be able to have the time to be able to create more valuable content for you. This week on Lex Chat, let's chat about my love of music, or rather, how the love I have for music has been fading over the years. This episode was actually supposed to be recorded at the beginning of May. However, I got hired on to do a sound mixing job on location filming sound mixer in Nashville, and I did not prepare an episode before I left. So I tried to record this on my laptop, didn't work out. The sound quality was not the same. So I just thought, let me not overthink this. I'm just going to have to miss out on posting an episode. So after Cinco de Mayo, you know, is when I was supposed to do this. It didn't happen. So I'm sorry to anybody who was expecting that. But on Cinco de Mayo, I was catching up with a friend of mine and we got to talking about our careers and he asked me, Do you feel like your love of music has taken a hit? And at first I thought about telling him, oh, no, of course, of course not. I love music. But I decided to stay transparent and tell my truth. And the truth is, my love for music has faded a little bit over time. And I want to talk about why that is on today's Lex Chat. So if this sounds like a topic you'd be interested in hearing more about, stay tuned. Before we get into the Lex chat, I want to let y'all know that I released a single recently. It's not the R&B vibes that y'all are used to. It's rap, me on my rap tip, you know. Um, It's new. It's called Dumb Games. Y'all ever heard the phrase, play dumb games, win dumb things? Well, I made a whole song about it, and it's a pretty ratchet situation around it. But you can find dumb games on all streaming platforms, as well as YouTube, and I will be previewing it here on Lex Chat. Let me know what you think. Here's Dumb Games. When I know you with them, I don't be stressing because I got too much to do. And I think you take them too serious. Don't let him try to tell you what he want. He delirious. He good looking, but he don't pay bills, right? Pulling up to the table, no meals, right? Yeah. So why is you stressing? Get what you want and just give him a lesson. Play dumb games, win dumb things. Let them think they still win it. If they want to play, let them play, don't kill it. You ain't got to say it because they gon' feel it. Yeah. 
Play dumb games, win dumb things. Let them think they still win it. If they wanna play, let them play, don't kill it. You ain't gotta say it, cause they gon' fit it. Yeah. Alright, so that is my song, Dumb Games, that was produced by Isaiah Hill. You can find that song on all streaming platforms. I have an explicit version and a clean version, so depending on your on your vibe, on your mood, if you're trying to get extra super ratchet, there is an explicit version, but I did make a super clean, kid-friendly version as well, if you want to play it around anybody, even at family functions, you know? I don't know. But yeah, so make sure y'all check that out. And I also want to make sure that I let y'all know that the album Love Reset, which is completely produced by Maurice Beats, that is going to be dropping on July 4th. It is official. Just waiting for, honestly, I just have to tighten up the mixes on a few things and still waiting for the photographer to finish editing the pictures and waiting for him to send it it's been like over a month kind of frustrating honestly but the album is set to release july 4th those of you who participated in the trivia that i was doing on instagram thank you so much for participating and i'm glad that i got to give y'all some money remember y'all had to stay tuned to my instagram stories to win some money it was a five dollar cash prize each day but you had the opportunity to win Monday through Friday, okay? <clears throat> and um, I want to give a shout out to my patron, Mr. Flat Shoals, because he definitely racked up some money. It was like a four-week thing all the way through April and then into the first week of May is when the trivia was going on. I don't know what's going on with my voice right now, but all the way into the first week of May and Mr. Flat Shoals definitely definitely raked in some bands okay not big big money but he got at least at least forty dollars out of me okay so congratulations and thank you to everybody who participated in that but the album is called love reset completely produced by maurice beats set to release july 1st so y'all please stay tuned to my instagram my youtube the lex chats so you can be updated on the drop and you get to see exclusive content. If you're a patron, you've already seen the interview that I did where I'm talking about the inspiration behind the album and the different songs. So check that out. And um, again, I want to give a shout out to Mr. Flat Shoals, who is a patron of mine. You could become a patron as well to give me that extra level of support, which I would greatly appreciate. You can become a patron as well by going to patreon.com slash LexiATL. Or if you would like to be a sponsor, if you're a business or you're, you know, if you're a business and you have a service or product that you would like to advertise and you want to be a sponsor of an episode of Lex Chat, then you can reach out to me on Instagram at LexiATL. That's at L-E-X-C-A-T-L. Send me an email at LexiSolo at gmail.com. L-E-X-C-S-O-L-O at gmail.com. Or send me a text at 404-692-1299. Thank you to all of my patrons and thank you to all of my sponsors. And uh, really quickly, I want to let y'all know I do have merchandise available for sale on my website, LexiATL.com slash shop. And you can put Lexi and different graphics on whatever piece of clothing. You could put on coffee mugs. You could do it on tote bags. You could put graphics on hats. Got even the little baby jumpers. They're so cute. So, you know, just check that out. I've got the hashtag winner sun visors. I've got the burn lighters. I've got the Lexi posters. All kinds of things are up on the website. So LexiATL.com to check those things out. And, um... 
let's go ahead and get into this topic. So the topic of today is falling out of love with music. And I actually had a few people. Oh, you know what? We're going to have to come back to that. The topic of today is falling out of love with music. And I was having a conversation with one of my friends on Cinco de Mayo. I think we were in the studio and he asked me the question, do you feel like your love of music has taken a hit? And at first I wanted to say no, but if I'm being completely transparent, my love for music has taken a hit. And some of you have felt the same way. So I just want to give y'all a moment to share your perspective on the matter. I don't think that my love of music is gone, but I do think it's much more grounded than what it was. And that deals with being overwhelmed with a lot of the things such as feeling like it's no longer about talent and you invested so much in your talent. And it's not about being popular on social media or you don't have the right body type or you don't or you're not sexy enough. And so it kinda grounded my my love of music to where it's like, let's be realistic about the thing. Still pursue it, but just be more realistic about what your goals are. And yeah. Um but the love is still where it's just much more grounded with the engineering aspect because you put so much time and energy into other people's work that kind of hindered me from what i wanted to do and then because we're in atlanta this is like a hip-hop driven industry so it, it limits your ability to learn as an engineer so i've switched my focus and just started doing other things uh like live sound and, and teaching to actually get out of that whole engineering aspect we have this envision in our head of the people we want to record and the music we want to make and how we want to make it, but the reality of it is 90% of the people that come in is punching. After years of doing that, you find yourself in a position where you're like, I can do a whole lot more, but I'm doing the same thing every day. It really burns you out a whole lot, or at least a while it does. And Chasing Majors says, working with non-creatives that think they know more has kind of put a little bit of a damper <laughs> on the love for music. So let's talk about why we have so-called fallen out of love with music. For me, falling out of love, but not really, you know. This is more so like a break or a breather from music. I will never actually give up music, right? So right now this is my story time kind of to like explain it to you what's happened with me and why i've fallen out of love with music but there are so many reasons why someone might like like david mentioned earlier you know there's definitely a sort of pressure that the industry puts on artists to look a certain way and to make a certain type of music and if you don't fit a certain image if you don't speak a certain way if you don't talk about certain things in your music then it very much feels like you're not going to be the huge sensation that you've always dreamed of being right and I know for me I've been wanting to be a superstar ever since gosh ever since I was three years old right and I think I've been taking steps ever since then to get myself into the industry and prepare myself to join 
the industry in that way. And side note, I don't feel like I've ever really been supported by family to get into music, but I have legitimately been taking steps my entire life to be in the music industry. Started writing when I was three. Um, for those of you who don't know my backstory, I always tell this story maybe three, four times a year. I think it's also in my biography on my website, but started singing when I was three, started in my grandparents' church. My first song that I performed was Amazing Grace at my grandparents' church in Delaware. Started writing poetry at eight years old, and then that went into writing music and discovering that I could sing. And I, but I didn't start, like I discovered I could sing when I was in like third or fourth grade, but I didn't share it publicly with anybody until middle school really. Um, in middle school, I recorded two albums on my laptop. There was a built-in microphone. I downloaded Audacity and I had Apple ear earphones, connected it to the computer, figured out how to record. Back then, I didn't realize that was me being an audio engineer for myself. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, in high school, in uh, middle school and high school, started singing the national anthem for baseball games, basketball games, volleyball games. And then I sang at my high school graduation, um, Believe by Fantasia. That's what I sang for the senior class. And decided to go to school to the Art Institute of Atlanta for audio production, where I learned about the music industry, the music business, and then the technical skills needed to be in the industry. So that journey is from three years old until I moved to Atlanta when I was 19. So, and I'm 29 right now, which is also very scary to say because According to the music industry, unofficially, but it's very much a thing that people will make you feel old. Unofficially, if you're like past 25, it's like over for you. <laughs> you're old, especially for women. I don't think men get it as hard, but for women, we're considered old after 25. So according to industry, I should have given up four years ago. But my journey has gone from three years old until now I'm 29. That's 26 years that I've put into music and 26 years that I've had a connection with music and I've done whatever I could find and figure out in my power to get into music, to stay in music and figure out how to be involved either in the creative process or the business aspect of it. So, you know, like I said, I've loved music forever and I always knew that I wanted to make it a career in my life and um if I stutter a little bit it's because I'm looking at these notes that I wrote I want to make sure I don't miss these so the second bullet point that I have here right is music became a way for me to pay my bills why did I start falling out of love with music it's because it became a way for me to pay my bills so and let me know if y'all can relate as well Ike says He's taken a whole beating because of the industrialization of music. Authenticity is tried. And then Josh says, being an instrumentalist is just as bad. Like an actual musician, you play instruments. The thing that music needs is musicians. I can only imagine how much more difficult it is for y'all. So my second point that I have here on my notes is music became a way for me to pay my bills. Once I started engineering full-time, it became a necessity 
and not something I could just do when I felt creative. So, boom. <laughs> I've never said that before. So, boom. Deciding that music would be my career, right? Looking back, I don't regret anything, of course, because obviously I wouldn't be where I am and I wouldn't have made the progress that I made these days. But growing up, I just wanted to do whatever I could to get into music. And I wanted to attach myself to music and I wanted to do anything I did. I related it to how is this going to benefit me in my music career, right? So I've had jobs, of course. When I was working as a server in college, the motivation was I'm making money to put myself through music school. Well, to pay my bills while I'm in music school. Shout out to my dad for letting me use his GI Bill to pay for school. <laughs> um, that is like support. I say the family didn't support me growing up because like I didn't stay in like vocal lessons or it's my fault I'm not in piano lessons, but you know, my dad truly did let me go to school for that and let me use his GI Bill. So shout out to my dad for that. He's a real one, silently. He proves it through actions. But anyway, um, what was I gonna say? So I've, I've always, when I was a server in college, right? Um, I'm doing this job to pay my bills so that I can stay in school and be here in Atlanta. But then my thinking was also, you know, as a server, if I get a job at a high end, a high enough end restaurant, then I can meet people. And even if I'm just like singing happy birthday, I'll let it be known that I can sing and I can sing happy birthday all cool and professionally to people. And I never know who I'll run into. That was my mindset working as a server. I don't know who I could run into. And I've heard stories, not really, but in the movies, it makes it seem like you'll get a record deal off of singing for a table in a restaurant. So that was my idea, like very much fairy tale and just <laughs> very much fairy tale and just anything is possible, right? And to, but to my point, right? I did actually get booked to sing at a couple of events while I was working as a server. I sang happy birthday for a table and she invited me to sing for her fashion show. That's Miss, uh, Miss Mariana. Anderson, I think her last name, but Miss Mari is her name. So shout out to Miss Mari. She hired me to sing at her fashion show. And then she had like a family reunion event and I sang three songs for her there. So that was really cool. And yeah, I sang for tables and it was, it was really cool. And then after that, I got fired from working in the restaurant and I went into working for a fitness gym full time or part-time, I don't know, the hours were trash, they weren't that great. But I started working for a gym and my thinking for that was, okay, this is great because as an artist, I need to maintain my image and so I need to make sure that the package of my body is well-maintained and I need to stay in shape. So this is great because I'm making money to pay my bills but also I have a free gym membership so I don't have to pay for that. <laughs> So, and that was my thinking. And then I started teaching kickboxing and my thinking was, okay, cool. If I'm teaching two classes back to back, that's one hour per class. If I was in a concert and I had to sing and dance for two hours straight, then this is practice for that. Like literally everything I did, whatever regular job I had, I was looking at, okay, what am I doing in this job? And how can, apply, how can I apply whatever I'm doing here to music? And what is this helping me to develop in music, right? And then I got into 
YouTubing, doing tutorials, uh, because Gary V, I was watching his channel really heavy, and he said that you gotta create content, and you gotta do vlogs, and you just gotta keep dropping content, content, content. And um, I was thinking, you know, YouTube, I'm doing these videos, which is now turned into Lex Chat, but that's helping me to become more charismatic, so when I sit down for interviews, I'll be a good interviewee when I go on different shows, right? And just literally everything that I've done has been to benefit me in music. So now fast forward, I've graduated from the Art Institute as an audio production major, and I just wanna make money from music. Of course I wanna be a superstar, but you know, engineering, going to the studio is expensive. So I wanted to learn how to be an engineer so I could save money for myself in the studio. But then I got the opportunity to work full time in the studio shout out to evan for going to bat for me um and telling the owner that to make me the studio manager um it was really uncomfortable at my gym job my job at the gym and it felt like i wasn't going to be there much longer and then i got the opportunity to become the manager of a studio and that became my life full time when i was working regular jobs i was also at the studio but it was a part-time thing and the clients were very scarce, right? But my main means of income was either working at a restaurant or working at the gym. So then I get into being a full-time studio manager and engineer, and it honestly just like sucked the life out of me. My thinking behind being an engineer was, I might not be in the forefront, you know, I might not be the focus of the session, but I'll make myself valuable to myself because I'll, I know how to record myself and make it sound good, but I'll also make myself valuable to others and I'll build my name up behind the scenes until I make it to the top. And then people can say, oh, I remember when she used to engineer and she was my engineer back in the day and now she's a superstar. Like that's, that's my thinking, right? That's my thinking. Um, I was gonna build up my name behind the scenes as an engineer, but what happened was my schedule and my life became consumed with catering to other people and pouring my creative energy into other people. And unfortunately, I think I want to turn this down a little bit. Hold on. Because I feel like dumb games is going crazy in the background. So I'm going to turn it down. And I actually was not supposed to have that playing in the background the entire time. Oh well, we're in it, so we're gonna keep it going. So yeah, um, engineering became my life and because I depended on it to pay my bills, I couldn't, I couldn't decide between, oh, I don't feel like recording this person because I wanna, I wanna record for myself, right? I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that because I needed to pay my bills. When I was a studio manager, it was easier, obviously, because I was, well, not obviously, but it was easier because I was on a salary. But unfortunately, that didn't work out. And my, the expense of having me on full time and paying me was too much for the studio. And honestly, the studio is just not busy enough to have the position of studio manager available. So that stopped. And then suddenly I was in engineering full time as a contractor, which is extremely scary. And literally 
it's gotta be God. I have no other explanation for why I've been able to fund my life being a studio engineer. Because the amount of money, like, it just doesn't make sense. The only thing that makes sense is God. I will lean not on my own understanding with that. But yeah, so suddenly I'm in engineering full time and I have certain quotas that I figure out that I need to make for myself. You know, if my bills are this much per month, then that means I need to make this much per month. All right. So if I need to make this much per month after taxes, then how many hours do I need to make? to make this much money so I can make sure I'm paying my bills and kind of reverse engineering in that way and saying like, okay, I need to work over a hundred some hours to make this much money for a 12, six, let's say 160, because if I was working a 40 hour week, <clears throat> then it would be 160 in the month to be able to pay for all my bills. Right. Even though it was much lower than that, but having a quota and then literally like not ever meeting that quota for a very long time and so where my thinking is going right it's when I didn't make my quota for the week or for the month I was taking sessions and I couldn't I couldn't turn down sessions because if I don't make this money then I don't pay my bills and that's scary because I'll be a failure right and I don't want to be a failure and I have this thing where I feel like my parents have already done so much for me and so I don't want to ask them. And I think my brother was kind of giving my parents a hard time. He needed a lot of help. So I was like, you know, I need to stay strong because my parents are, they got their hands full with my brother. I don't want to be a burden. That's a trauma that I need to work through. But I, I didn't want to be a burden to anybody. So I need to take this job. I need to take this money. But that turns into me pouring my energy into other people and not having that creative energy for myself because it's being poured into everyone else. So as far as like why the love of music has dwindled over time, it's because I've had to put people above myself so many times. And it, when it becomes a job, when music becomes a job and it's no longer something that I that I crave doing because I see myself as this big superstar. It takes the magic out of it and it turns it into a transaction and a business, obviously, because once you become something like an engineer, you're an independent contractor and you have to treat yourself like a business. That's just what it is. So that's one aspect that kept me that's one thing that contributed to me feeling like my love for music has gone downhill. And now, because I have to do it out of necessity, right? Like I said, I was pouring into other artists more than I was pouring into myself because I needed to work to pay for my lifestyle. Now, let me tell you about some of the artists, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Let me tell you about some of the artists I was working with. Living in Atlanta, it's like nothing but rappers. And rappers sell drugs, which means they make drug money. And drug money talks. Drug money is real loud in the city, which means that 
they're not necessarily the best artists to work with, but they have the most money to spend on recording at the studio. Recording at the studio is very expensive, as is the entry for any industry you choose to give your energy to, right? Music is very expensive, though. Like, to break as an artist, you have to have a lot of money to play in this game, unless you're willing to do like me and learn, try to learn how to do everything by yourself, which is very stressful as well and can cause burnout eventually. But a lot of rappers in Atlanta and usually they've only been rapping for like three to six months. Sometimes you'll get them three to four years, but even the ones who say they've been rapping for three to four years, they not hitting on nothing. And the the way that music made a turn, everyone's talking about murder and, and drugs and killing and no one's talking about love and everything is taking somebody from somebody else or taking money, uh, blowing money, doing drugs, like just stuff that doesn't feed the spirit, right? And so I have to sit through that and they don't, not every artist, there's only, I can count on one hand how many artists I've worked with that actually allow me to help guide them in the studio. Rappers, I, they don't typically want anybody to tell them that they're not all that in a bag of chips. So it's not like I can enjoy a lot of these sessions where I get to be a part of the creative process. I got to be careful who I am offering that to these days I'm not offering it unless you're paying for it or unless you are consistent and I like your music it all just depends on the person that's when relationships matter but yeah I'm not doing that for free for rappers <laughs> they're the main ones who don't listen but when I do pour into others right so it it really sucks because when I find somebody I, I like it's a double-edged sword right I find someone I like and I want to help them because I like their music and I understand how expensive it is to be in music. So I try to pour as much as I can into them so they can be successful. And because they're showing me their consistency, like this is for the good artists, right? They show me their consistency. So I want to help them and I'm, I'm making money from it. So it's benefiting me too, right? Especially if it's somebody that's paying me my rate. But then what happens is, as was the case with one artist I worked with, he calls himself a rapper, but he's a singer. That boy would be singing on every track. But anyway, we were working like three, four times a week and for at least five hours per session. And I was on call, right? Like on call, <laughs> pretty much getting in whenever he wanted to. And because he was so consistent with me, it made me believe in him, consistent with booking the studio. Because he was so consistent with me and he was so consistent with booking the studio, it made me believe in him. And because I liked his consistency and I started to believe in him, I offered more than what I was being paid for. And so technically as an engineer, I really only have to sit there and push buttons. I don't technically have to tell you how to say something. I don't have to tell you that you should say something over because it doesn't, it wasn't done well, right? 
I don't have to help you write anything. I don't even have to mix it technically. But because I take pride in what I do and because I'm starting to believe in the artist right outside of myself, believing in somebody outside of myself, I pour into people a lot. So I am engineering for this for this person. I am pre-mixing for this person. I'm helping to write songs for this person. I'm offering advice to this person and you should do this, this, and this. Make sure you set yourself up with this. And if you wanna do it, then I'll help you. Just let me know and we could do it outside the studio where I'm not asking for any hourly, which you know, which is dumb on my part, but just pouring myself into this person, right? And it's great for me because, and, and I think, I think I'm happy because obviously my bills are getting paid. Like literally this one artist was paying my bills because he booked me so consistently. And we worked like that for like a year and a half. And I thought I was happy because I'm not feeling stressed anymore about having to go out and find artists to work with to make my monthly quota because I was hitting it with this one artist, which is a very dangerous place to be in as an engineer. I will tell you, you never want to rely on one artist because that didn't end too good. It didn't end too good. I'm going to start this real quick. Boom. Um, so yeah, I think I'm happy and I'm pouring into this artist and I'm paying my bills, but then I'm realizing that I should be wanting more and I'm pouring a lot into this person who does not respect me fully. They like they started going to other people and um, thinking that these other people were better just because their names were bigger or just because their price was larger, you know, or more expensive than me. And they started doubting my skills. And um, and then we got involved personally so that, you know, <laughs> that messed some things up too, but before the personal stuff started happening, and it really wasn't me, it was other shorties. But anyway, that's messy, let me stop. Even before the personal stuff started happening, right? Like, people think that, how do I say this? I guess, F it, like I don't care if I sound, you know, uh, arrogant or whatever, because I do have a high skill set. They were going to other places thinking that bigger names and higher prices were going to give them a certain quality and experience that I was giving them. But they learned real quick that everybody else is going to make you pay. I need to learn my worth is part of the problem. I need to learn my worth and understand that my skill set is a specialized skill set. And people do get a certain quality and experience with me. All of that to say, though, right, pouring into people and giving so much energy into other people because they're paying me to do the job and I need to pay my bills. But then I'm only making enough money to be able to pay my bills. And I've already said that music is expensive, right? I'm only making enough money to pay my bills. I'm not making enough money for me to be able to put decent marketing and promotion on my songs. I'm not making enough money to be able to go and do photo shoots whenever I want, or at least to do photo shoots three or four times a year would be great, right? I gotta save up for a year to do one photo shoot. I don't make enough money to be able to do a video shoot in Atlanta for the year, not even one video, because even if the video starts at 500, 
You got to think as a woman, I got to worry about my hair, my nails, my clothes, my makeup, the wardrobe, you know, that's easily going to run $1,500. I don't make enough money. I wasn't making enough money to save up 1500 in three or four months. So I can't do videos, you know, as much as I would like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, dang, it feels good to pay my bills, but I should want more. I'm not able to do anything for myself as an artist because I'm doing so much for this artist over here. So, yeah. Um, I wrote on this next point, as an artist myself and because I work as an engineer, I don't want to listen to other people's music in my free time. And I often get overloaded with other people's music in the studio. <laughs> And I don't listen to the radio because I haven't been able to connect with anything. Part of this is because I don't want to listen to others, but also because the content sucks to me. So I'm going to wrap it up on this because I don't want it to be too long. But um, what kind of what kind of has been killing it for me is, like I said, there's a bunch of rappers in Atlanta and... They're all talking about the same thing. I barely, when I do get to work with singers, it's great. Singers are very professional. The rappers, not so much. And the rappers drain me. And then to have that experience where I'm working closely with somebody for a long time to the point where I'm not even worried about putting out my stuff because I'm so invested in this person. They're helping me out by booking me so much so I can pay my bills without worrying about, you know, if I'm going to make my quota for the month. But I'm pouring into them so much. And at the end of it, I haven't built anything for myself just for them to go off and think that they're going to find and think that they're going to find better quality with other people. And yes, that may be true, but these people don't know your sound. They don't know your catalog. I've put in time. You know what I mean? I put myself to the side to build someone else up. But that was the problem, wasn't it? Basically, I put others before myself and I had nothing left for me and I didn't make any moves to put myself on, but I was doing so much to help put other people on. And that's what that's what will happen. That's something that can happen if you make your passion, your career like I did. Engineering is something that is valuable in my industry. But the better I become at engineering, the more I'm pulled away from creating for myself. And so, and then, and then the other part of it too, like what I wrote off, what I wrote off in my notes was I'm constantly taking in music I don't want to hear new stuff. I don't want to keep up with whatever's trending on the radio. I don't care because I'm overstimulated by what's in the studio. And also I want to listen to myself. Like there's been a lot of times I don't even listen to my own music because I'm so burnt out from hearing everybody else's or, and I asked this question with one of my friends the other day, is it that we're just older or does the music just really suck? 
And I think it's a combination of the two. I don't remember music being this bad when I was growing up. I don't remember music being this bad growing up. I think it's because the music legitimately sucks. But I also do not give it the time of day because I'm too focused on my own music and my process for recording my music. And then I'm also overstimulated by other people's music. Artists who come and book me as an engineer. So I don't get to join in the same fun of, ooh, did you hear the new so-and-so? Or I think the last time I got excited about a song, this is, I'm filming this on Saturday, May 27th. I think the last time I got excited about a song like something that really got me going. When was the last time I got really excited about a song? It was probably Afrobeats, not even anything American because the American market is just sucks. Dang, what's the last time I felt something? I got excited for, I have the answer, but you know, this is very telling that I can't even think of it right now. The last time, all right, we're going to spend a few moments of silence. Sorry, this is going to be a little awkward, but I need a few moments of silence. The last time I felt excited about a song. Mm. The last time I felt excited about a song was when. Honestly, Okay, so the only thing that's really coming to my mind right now, it's not even R&B or anything, but Don Tolliver, I think it's Don Tolliver, Lemonade. Off the juice, coding got me tripping. Uh-uh-uh, na 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 Ice, lemonade got me tripping. You know? Because I can associate a memory with that song. And at this point, that song is over three, four years old by now. Only thing after that, child, the only other thing after that, I really am at a blank here. That's how bad it is, y'all. I don't want to waste any more time on it, but I just haven't felt connected to music in a long time. And this is a thought that I want to leave off on. I haven't connected to music in a long time. And I wonder, is it because I'm so into the process of making music that I don't enjoy it? Is it because I'm in a position where I have to work for other people to make a living? Is it because the music is just terrible in my opinion? It really does suck, my music is better. And then it's also like, you know, I'll put my heart and soul into something, but I don't necessarily have the money to push it the way that a major would. And then you see, but then you see mediocre artists getting a major push from the industry, right? And it's not necessarily about the talent, it's about the marketability or it's whatever shady thing they did behind the scenes, you know? And I don't believe the whole Ike Remix Unplugged says that and the mass appeal. I don't believe in the mass appeal thing. I believe that the, the majors have the budget to push someone in front of people a lot. And when people are pushed in front of audiences a lot, audiences become um, 
familiar with that image or that brand and they start to trust that image and that brand more simply because they've seen it more. Not because they've spent money on it, not because they've personally tried it, but they're familiar with it just because they've seen it more. So, you know, but anyway, me falling out of love with music, it's come to a few different things. Like, and when I was on the movie set, that was the best, oh, my, my thoughts are all coming at once. It's very depressing sitting in a room and recording something for hours on end and not knowing what the outside looks like. Not seeing the change of day because you've been locked in a dark room staring at artificial light for hours. It's very depressing. It's very depressing. The best, the best thing that happened to me, I felt like I was doing so well for myself for my creativity when I was working 12 hour days on the movie set. Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. or 10 a.m. To, to 10 p.m., 12 hour days, right? Monday through Friday. And then on the weekend, I had such a rush to wanna create such a desire to mix and master for myself because the budget that I was making, what I was being paid for the film, not having to record tired ass rappers all day, but being in a different environment and different sets every day and my brain was just being stimulated differently and um making the money that i know would make would make me feel better <laughs> like it it seriously helped it took a lot of stress off of me and i could just create that felt really good that felt really good and so it made me think do i need to take a break from music do i need to explore a different aspect of it to fall back in love with it because working in the studio has been really hard and having to pour into other people has been really hard and it's drained the love out of me in a sense and so if anyone out there can relate I would love it if you would tell me how you relate to that and I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Lex Chat. I'm going to leave it on that. And um, if anybody else is feeling this way, as far as you've been experiencing some things or some, some challenges in your path, more specifically in music, that has kind of just been like draining you, I just want you to know that you're not alone. And I just want you to know that it... This might be a sign to try something new, try a different aspect of your industry. And it's okay to feel like you're just not in it anymore. Like it's not going to be 100%. I literally, like I told y'all at the beginning, I've literally been in music. I've given 23, no, no, I've given 26 years of my life to music. At some point, you're going to get tired. This is a relationship. And right now, I'm staring at music in its sleep, looking mad. <laughs> Just watching music sleep, you know? Just looking angry. That's how I'm feeling. But this is a this is a long-standing relationship. You're gonna have the ebbs and flows of I love it, I hate it, I love it, I hate it, I love it, can't stand it. Oh, this is amazing. Oh gosh, this sucks, you know? So just want y'all to know you're not alone in that. And uh, let me know what you think about this episode. 
Yeah, thank you so much for tuning into Lex Chat. I hope you enjoyed it today. And I hope it's inspired you to think on some things for yourself. You can catch these chats live on Instagram at LexiATL to be part of the conversation or catch the replays on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Wherever you're listening or watching, please make sure you like, subscribe, follow, and engage with the content by leaving comments and by leaving reviews. Those things really do help me. If you'd like to go the extra mile in supporting me, then please consider becoming a patron of mine at patreon.com slash LexiATL, where you can make a monthly pledge. Every little bit truly does help me to be able to create more valuable content to you. Last shout out to my patron, Mr. Flash Shoals. Um, Shout out to me. The song Dumb Games is out. It's my rap song that was released on May 25th. That song is out now on all streaming platforms. So check it out. Let me know what you think. And be on the lookout for the album Love Reset. All the tracks produced by Maurice Beats. That is set to release in July 4th. And y'all pray for me that this damn photographer sends the edits. Lord Jesus, please. But thank y'all so much for tuning in to the Lex chat today. My name is Lexi. Until next time. Peace. I ain't playing games when I'm winning. Never had a choice, cut checks, not feelings. But they never really want to give a real one options. But they feel it when you op them. <laughs> I just gotta laugh, cause he popping his chest, think I'm coming back. While he talking, I really just want the stick. Could be fetching, but he started going bad. It's not even about all these other women. Set him down because it ain't no competition. It's about honesty.